you can sow. The Bible says, I'm just going to read something and then I want to get out of your way. Next week we have a guest minister and we also start our conference for our, our large uh, organization entitled Dunamis. Dunamis. Someone say Dunamis. Dunamis means the power of God. It means the raw power of God. We have a conference starting next week at the King's Palace, the main church. And it's going to be great. It's going to be phenomenal. Dr. Cindy Trim, uh, Dr. Lawrence Tete, Prophet Seth Ba, my father, um, and all of us will be ministering there. Uh, it's going to be phenomenal. And so we're giving up, and I'm bringing this summer night series to a close. Have you anybody been blessed by this series so far, by the word that's been coming out for the month of, the month of August, the month of late, uh, late July? God has been speaking to us, and I'm just cooking up because there's something God wants to stay starting September, a brand new series. It's going to bless your life, and uh, I'm, I'm cooking up, and God is working on it, and it's going to be phenomenal. I'm in 2 Samuel 6, 12. I just want to read something really quickly. Um, before I read it, let me just say this, that the person sitting beside you will never know the extent of your worship unless they sat in your seat and if they walked in your shoes. Um, nobody knows what you're going through except you and God. Unless you open up your mouth to, to express what you are going through, nobody knows what you're going through. Therefore, nobody knows the extent of your worship. Nobody will fully understand why you do the things you do, why you worship the way you worship, because not everybody understands that there are some times in life that things won't go your way or things do go your way, but through experiences, experiences teach us and give us a reference point for how much we can worship and the extent of our worship before God. Am I making sense tonight? Are you with me tonight? And so our worship as a church, our worship individually as individual persons is completely dependent, I always say this, on your knowledge of Jesus. It's dependent on your revelation of Jesus. It's also dependent on what you've been through. And dependent on what you've been through, it will determine how much you would worship Jesus because God has brought you from somewhere. Do I have anybody in this place that said, God has brought me from somewhere, so I'm going to give God some praise? Anybody? God has brought me from somewhere, and so I'm going to give God praise. In this verse, 2 Samuel, uh, it picks off in this verse, and it says, uh, Then King David was told, The Lord has blessed Obedidam's house, uh, and, everything the, uh, and everything he has because of the ark of God. So David went there and brought the ark to the city of David with a great celebration. After the men who were carrying it had gone six steps, they stopped and waited so David could sacrifice an ox and fattened calf. And David danced before the Lord with all his might, wearing a priestly tunic, basically saying he was in his underwear. He ripped off all his clothes. The man was dancing in his boxers. Verse 15 says, so David and all of Israel brought up the ark of the Lord with much shouting and blowing of trumpets simply because the presence of God, the ark of the covenant back there was the presence of God had been restored back to its original city, its original quarters. And so because of that, there was a party that was thrown. There was trumpets that were being played. There was worship that was being happening because God had returned back home. Uh, it says this in verses 16. But as the ark of the Lord entered the city of David, Michal, the daughter of Saul, this is also uh, David's first wife, looked down from her window when she saw King David 
leaping and dancing before the Lord. She was filled with content before him. Another word for content is to say that she looked down upon him. To say that she was at a point whereby she was saying, how can somebody with such titles, how can somebody in such a position with God begin to, or such a position in society, begin to dance before the Lord to the point where he's in his underwear? And because of this fact, she began to look down on him and she's simply saying, listen, this king should not be doing this because it's out of his character. I, I wish if somebody in this room could give God an out of character praise. Can you give God an out of character praise right now? Do it right now. No, they're still in character. You're still in character. Okay, sit down, sit down, sit down, sit down, sit down. Let me dig a little deeper. You see, an in-character praise is very simple. It's something that everybody's used to seeing you do. An out-of-character praise is a praise that gets somebody to look like, what is she doing? Because nobody understands your reference point of where you're coming from. A man that was in the back of the fields that God brought to the forefront and favored him to a position whereby he now he's the king of all of Israel. He has a reason to praise. A man who had been looked down, who was not even accounted for when, when, when the prophet came to anoint the sons is now the king of all of Israel. Of course he's going to dance. Of course he's going to give God an out-of-character praise because of where God has taken from. Do you know how many out-of-character praises that you owe God? <laughs> Do you know how many praises that are wild that you owe God? And he's looking for because he's saying, I've brought you from somewhere, but the praise and the worship you're giving me is recycled. The praise and worship that you're giving me, you've already given it to me last week. And, and I'm waiting for somebody to break out of that, to show me something I've never seen before, that I may marvel in this worship because I hide myself in praise. Someone say amen. Y'all too quiet tonight, man. Come on, clap your hands, do something. I love David so much in the Bible. We've been studying this great man of God out of the word of God. I love him so much out of the Bible because David is a man who understood what it meant to be in the secret place with God. David was a man in the Bible who understood what it meant to have encounters with Jesus. David was a man in the Bible who understood to, 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 to dwell in the presence of God, to be with God, to hear from God, to rest with God. He was a man who had touched the hem of the garment. He was a man who has touched the mantle. He was a man who has seen God in a different way that nobody else has seen him. So because of that, he worships God in a way nobody else has because he has an experience that nobody else has had with God. Because your experience cannot be given to somebody else's. Everybody's experience is individual. So they used to tell me in Sunday school that when you get before heaven, it's just you and God. Your friend won't be there. And they used to tell me, if you don't go to heaven, don't blame Jesus. Blame yourself because you put yourself in a position not to encounter Jesus enough for your life to change, for you to realize you have to live your life and lead your life accordingly in order to get to a place where you'll be accepted through the gates of heaven. And so David is a man who understood what it meant, listen, to live a life of sacrifice, to live a life that was set apart. He understood what it meant to, that even when he fell, he could still come back to God to say, God, you are my God. Early in the morning shall I seek you. My search, my soul shall cry from you. Even from the dust, my soul will cry from you. I am from the dust, and therefore the dust cannot cry out as much as I can cry out. God, I am yours eternally. David is a man that understood that because of God, he was where he was. And without God, he wouldn't be where he is. How many times do we ask ourselves that question? That God, 
Without you, we wouldn't be here. So therefore, we give you an, a praise that is outside of our character, a praise that is, that is abnormal, a praise that is not, not, not what people have seen, not even what I have seen, but a praise that goes and proceeds beyond what everybody thinks I should give. I want to propose to you now real simply that God is calling you back to the place of the closet. Very simple. Very simple. Because in the closet, there's a few things that happen in the closet. And I'm going to give you two things about this, right? Number one, all right, if you're writing notes, write this down real quick. Number one, in the secret place or in a place of encounter, a place uh, that is holy with God, a, 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 a behind-the-veil experience, number one, we get a fresh encounter with the Father. Okay, a fresh encounter with the Father. A fresh encounter with God. Our revelation of God cannot stay the same from yesterday to today because then we'll grow stale and then that's when we begin to backslide because nothing is challenging us to go deeper in God. But you see, when you have a behind the veil experience with God, when you have an experience that is separation from the rest of the world, because back in the days when you look at the tabernacle, you have the outer court, the inner court, the holy place, then the holy of holies. When you get to the Holy of Holies, that's where the presence of God is. Now, the holy place is where the priests could go. Even the priests, it had to be the priests who were on duty would go to the holy place. Is my theology good? It's good? All right. And you would go to the holy place. That's where the priests who were not on duty or the priests who were on duty rather would go to prepare the offering and the sacrifice. And then they would go behind the veil, which is the holy place, the presence of God. And separating the holy of holies from the holy place was what we called a veil. Say a veil. Shout it like you believe it. Say veil. Now, the difference between veil was that on the holy of holies, whoever was the priest there would have an experience that the other priest behind the veil wouldn't have. Because there's separation between where the presence of God is and where the presence of God is lingering. <laughs> Don't be somebody who just benefits from the lingering of the presence. Can you go back to the source? The lingering of the presence. I feel the effects of church. I feel the effects of, of worship, the effects of the presence of God. I'm just feeling the waves of the presence, but I'm not in the presence. Don't let this, because you know, in a place like this, you have so many different people who are coming here for so many different reasons. And you might have somebody or an individual who is here who is saying, God, I am in the holy of holies right now because once you died on the cross, there is now no veil. The veil has been torn. We all have access to the presence. But this you have to understand that even through access, there are levels. Am I teaching? Am I teaching? Even through, even through access to God, we all have access to God, but then there's levels by which God reveals himself to man. Okay. So you have an individual who's had an experience with God that I have not had yet because God has decided because of the grace on the individual to reveal himself to that person in a way that he hasn't revealed to us or to me. Now, if you're in this place tonight, God wants to take you deeper in a revelation and an encounter with him. God wants you to encounter him in a new way. I feel the presence of God. God wants you to encounter him in a new way tonight so that you can have something that you can say, listen, my revelation of God yesterday was not the same today. Every day you wake up, you should be able to say, I'm going from strength to strength, glory to glory. So what the presence of God does 
What Behind the Veil Experience does, what the secret place does, is that it allows you to continually be surrounded in a presence whereby you don't have to carry a wireless pack, that you create a place everywhere you go that is holy, that is sacred, that is behind the veil, that you live a life that is behind the veil. Psalms 91, let me read this verse and then I'll give you some, I want to do an illustration here. Psalms 91 verses 1, real simple, simple verse, we all know it. Have it for me on the screen. Psalms 91, I want us to read this all together. We're going to develop some faith tonight. Listen, this is how you develop faith. Somebody say, I'm developing faith. Say it, say, I'm getting stronger. I want you to repeat this after me. It's a declaration that God wants us to do together, okay? Repeat after me, say, I'm going higher. Say it like you believe it. Say, I'm going higher. I'm getting stronger. I'm going deeper. Let this word transform my heart and mind. In Jesus' name, give God a clap offering right there. You're going higher. You're going stronger. It's a faith declaration. Psalms 91. It says, those who live in the shelter of the Most High. I love that. Those who live in the shelter of the Most High will find rest in the shadow of the Almighty. Can we read this together? Here we go. One, two, three. Go. One more time. One more time. One, two, three. Go. Find rest in the shadow of the Almighty. I need five guys. Quick, up here. Five guys. Real quick. Five guys. Awesome. I want you to line up in front of me, facing me, okay? All of you, line up facing me. Come closer. Come a bit closer. Line up facing me in a straight line, please. Behind each other. Behind each other. Single file. Awesome. Okay. Now, George, I want you to step back. Let's just take a bit, one big step forward. One big step forward, all of us. There we go. Awesome. I want you to stay right here, okay? You're going to stay right here. And um, we're going we're gonna to create a separation between George uh, and the rest of them, okay? Now, this verse is essentially saying this. Let me break this down real quick, and then we're going to go. It says this, those who live in the shelter of the Most High will find rest in the shadow of the Almighty. Another word for shadow, uh, what shadow means is countenance. Countenance means favor. So it says that you obtain favor when you camp in a place that is holy. When you camp in a place that you're having continuous revelations with God, you're having a place where you're encountering God from day to day, from grace to grace, you're getting an encounter with the word, you're in a place behind the veil experience. Now, the devil, this is what he does, and the devil's a liar. Someone say the devil's a liar. So the devil's a loser. He's a loser still. So this is what happens, okay? So... In our pursuit, and if you're looking for a, term, a sermon title, sermon title is, is pursuit. So the pursuit of the secret place is what we're talking about. The pursuit of the secret place. God wants us to continually live in a place that is holy and make our operations from this secret place. So that revelation, knowledge, light, glory, favor, blessings, all those things can always be with us. So we operate from a throne room perspective at all times. You know what I'm saying? So this is what happens. This is what God wants us to do. This is where he wants us to live. And these are barriers to the secret place. Okay. Now we're going to list off a few barriers right now. 
and then we're going to look at how we can create a place where we're always constantly in the presence of God. Number one, a number one barrier to the secret place is people. People. Someone say people. People, friends, people. They're barriers to the secret place at times. The Bible says that David, as he was dancing and he was getting close to God, he was a man who understood the throne room perspective and the holy of holies. At the same time, his wife would look down from the window like, what are you doing? Why are you, why are you dancing? Like, why are you acting this way? You're a king. It's not within your character. Like, it's not within your character to act like that. You're supposed to be acting like a king, the way a king dresses, the king moves. You're supposed to be acting like that way. But yet David would dance before the Lord because sometimes people come between you and God. And simply, the secret place is just a place where you're communing with God. Just a place where you're, you're, you're talking to God and God is talking to you. So, so what happens is, is as you're here and as you're in pursuit for the glory and for the secret place, you have so many things that are cutting the, the, the transmission they're cutting the, 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 the signal between you and God. And there's so many interferences. I don't know if you've ever been in a place where your phone is just like, you know what I'm saying? Anybody? Am I alone tonight or anybody? Let's see by wave hands. Anybody? You're driving somewhere, some boonies, I don't know, like, you know, somewhere, you know. Okay, someone said my old high school. So somewhere in Dunrobin, Constance Bay, you know, somewhere out there. Some people are like, what is that? <laughs> Some place out there, and that's what happened to us in, in high school. You know, we used to go to high school. I went to high school with Hans and, and my brother, and we'd be in high school, and there's this certain part of the building. In fact, the whole building just has terrible reception. And it doesn't matter what you do. You cannot get good reception. You can't make calls. You can't do anything. It's like it's blocked. And it's like you think that you're trying to get into the right place, but yet the signal is not strong enough. And sometimes that is what people do. They come in between the signal from the tower of the Holy Ghost coming to you. So you want to go to church, but then somebody comes in the way. Then you want to read your word, but then someone texts you. Then, so you're on your phone, and you're going through the Bible app, but then, boop, text message. And then you, Because there is a signal that is being blocked by barriers of the secret place. Because the devil knows what you can do with a veil experience. The I think only five people. I came here for five people tonight. I came here for five. If this word is for you, say, Pastor, this word is for me. Come on. Say, come on. Come on. I don't think I hear you tonight. I don't think I hear you tonight. I don't think I hear you tonight. It's coming between you and God. So that's the tower of the Holy Ghost trying to transmit all of the things you need for your future. This is where God has ideas for your husband. This is where God has ideas for your future, has ideas for your education. And he says, come back here that I may commune with you. Come back here that I may have fellowship with you. But yet because of barriers, because of some dude. Uh-oh. 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 Jeez, because of someone, someplace, you have somebody who's well-dressed, you know. Shy. Let them see you. Let them see you. Kai. See the red? Shy. No size. Blocking, not you. <laughs> but blocking the, the, the signal of the Holy Ghost. And so here you are, thank you, Holy Ghost, and it's not to say that you don't feel the presence of God because I told you that you can still feel the effects of the presence. The waves of glory. When you're on a phone call, you can still hear, ar, ar, ar. 
isn't the signal still coming through? The signal's still coming through. It's just in bits and pieces because as some of them turn and go like this and go like that, the sound waves are bouncing off. It's like physics or something. And bouncing off and it's getting to you. So you're hearing some, but then you're not hearing some. So you hear God in some season, but then some seasons, God's just quiet to me right now. No, he's not. How many seasons God's just not speaking to me right now? No, he's speaking. You just have too many things that are blocking. He's been speaking. Too many things are blocking the signal of the Holy Ghost because your camp, the Bible says you're supposed to dwell there. You're supposed to be there and allow things to come to you. And in the position with the Holy Ghost, you begin to now walk with God. You commune with God. He takes a step. Take one step. I take one step. Take one step. I take one step. We commune together. So now I'm under the shelter of the Holy Ghost. So everywhere God goes, I am. So now I become a living, breathing shelter that I walk with the presence of God at all times. But then I begin to feel the effects only of the presence. And I begin to say, God, where are you? When I begin to get off of my game, when I begin to stop communing with God. And what does it mean to commune? It means to talk to God. And so if I'm supposed to be here and talking with, with God or, or George here, who's God for this, for this analogy, and I'm supposed to talk with him and commune with him. If I'm not minding him, he's not going to speak to me. Y'all ain't getting this tonight. If I'm not minding him, he's not going to speak to me. Why would God speak to, to you if you're not trying to look for him? He's not going to force himself into your situation. He's going to wait for you to avail your heart, open your mouth, open your heart to say, God, I need you. Then he's going to say, here I am. And you're going to say, God, but where'd you go? He's going to say, you left me back here when you made that decision to leave me, leave my presence, go out there. Now you're scarred. Now you're bruised. Now you've lost all hope. Now you're saying, God, I'm, I'm contemplating suicide. I'm contemplating all these things because you left the place that was sacred behind the veil, protected with the Holy Ghost. I feel like my dad is here or something. People, you know the number two thing, please be seated. Number two thing that blocks that the Holy Ghost was telling me, your mind. Someone say my mind. Your mind tries to lie to you. I don't know about you. But your mind is such a powerful thing. Powerful, powerful, powerful thing. Your mind, that's why the Bible says, or that's what my dad always says uh, by way of scripture. He says is that your mind is a battlefield. Your mind is a battlefield. If you make it or break it, it's dependent on the condition of your mind. What have you conditioned your mind to accept or to reject? Okay? So what you happen here is that your mind sometimes begins to lie to you, block you, you yourself. You're blocking yourself from the presence of God. You're blocking yourself. My mind, things that I'm thinking, oh, my intuitions, my emotions, oh, my gosh, God, he's not going to like that. He's not going to feel that. No, he's not going to. I can't come to God because of this, because of that, because of this. Your mind begins to lie to you, and so you cut yourself short from receiving the sure presence of God and not just the effects of the presence of God. Your mind. Someone say, my mind. Say it. Say, my mind is secured. My mind is sane. In Jesus' name. Number three thing that begins to block us, the Holy Ghost is telling me, is sin. Sin. And you see, it, it's not just sin because God loves the sinner and hates the sin. Of course, so sin is going to block itself from the presence of God. It's like you cancel yourself out because God says, I cannot commune where sin is, right? 
but then you understand this is that when you add a, a heart that is of repentance to it, that's what God looks for. The heart of repentance. We're looking at this life of David. The Bible says that the moment that he killed uh, Bathsheba's husband, killed him and did all the things that he did and got her pregnant and the, the child was born and all this stuff happened. And then the prophet comes in and looks at him and says, listen, why did you do what you do? He begins to lie. says, listen, I didn't do that. I didn't do that. But then he then confesses. The moment he confesses, you know what he does after that? He goes and worships. Once he finds that the child is dead, he goes and worships because he understands that the moment that you confess your sin, then it gives you access because God looks for the heart. So if he looks that you have a heart that is willing to change, he says, come and commune with me. So sin blocks us from the presence of God. But then when you talk about confessing our sins, God looks for the confession. He looks at the heart and he says, you're willing, therefore I'll come and I'll allow you to, to commune with me. All right. Number last thing that we're going to look at tonight, and this is so important. Step forward. Take three steps forward. One, two, three. Success. Success blocks us from the presence of God. You know what success does? Success says, I've been there. I've done that. I don't need to go back to God. Success, if you're going to clap, clap onto Jesus tonight. I'm teaching in this place tonight. Success says this. Success says, I have already attained what I can attain. I mean, I've been there. I've done that. I already have everything. Why do I need God? So what happens, and I was teaching the leaders the other day, is that you stop looking at the source. Even though you're the vessel and he's the source, you then begin to think that you're the source. That's where pride comes in. I'm successful. I'm a lawyer, so I don't need to go to church. I've done this, so I don't need God. I've done this on my own. Everything I have is on my own. Nobody's helped me to get there. It's on my own. So then all of a sudden, you're successful, but then you have no peace. You're successful, but you have no joy. You're successful, but then you're depressed. You have the penthouse of a, of a condo building, but yet still you just want to throw yourself over it. Because then you're thinking... I have everything that I have. I've gained the whole world, but my soul is still empty. My soul is still not full. My soul is still not fed for. I, I, can't, I don't know what's going on. It's because you can have everything that you think that you need in this world, but if you do not have the presence of God that is going with you, may it never be said of you that you've rose, risen to a level of success and, and you've forgotten about God. May you be the person, may you, I'm talking to you, may you be the person that comes back to give God the glory to say that it's not what I've attained, but it's God's glory working through me. May you be that individual. The way you're clapping, I don't know if you believe this. I said, may you be that individual tonight. May you be the person, the individual that says, listen, it doesn't matter how high God raises me. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter how high God raises him. I can be a trillionaire. I thought an individual would receive something, and I saw, I saw somebody in this place. Do you receive that? A trillionaire anointing. Okay, awesome. Now he's known as Pastor Ryan the trillionaire, okay? So you call him the trillionaire from now. You see, and, and it doesn't matter how high God raises me, how much money I've acquired, all the things that I've done, how many places that I've gone, how many invitations I get invited to. It doesn't matter what preaching engagements open up to me. It doesn't matter because I count it all lost. I count it all nothing. I count it all nothing because it doesn't matter if the presence of God does not go with me. If it's not with me. 
If I'm not walking with God, if I'm not communing with God, then what am I doing? Then that's when you have individuals who are preaching with no oil. Prophesying with no revelation, just their own revelation. Leading worship with no, with no veil experience, no behind the veil experience. Worshiping God and lifting their hands with no revelation as to why am I lifting my hands. Coming to church to worship but not understanding why am I doing this week after week after week. But when you begin to commune with God, no matter how high God elevates you, it's always a joy when you come back to the presence of God and hold his hand. And you begin to walk with God and to commune with God because then God gives you supernatural ideas. Because I told the leaders on Monday, I said, where our creativity, I told the leaders on Monday, I said, where our creativity ends is where God starts. Where our creativity ends is where God starts. And so when we've walked, walk with me, when we've walked and walked and walked and walked and walked to the point where human nature won't allow us to do anything more. We can't think of any other innovative ideas. God then says, all right, now it's my turn. Now I take the lead. Now you walk and you follow. You walk and you follow. He walks and you follow. Because now you have to understand where your human-like mind ends and where God begins to supernaturally operate through you. Because there's a position in God where God wants to say, can I be God for once? Can I lead for once and you follow? Thank you so much, gentlemen. We have to learn to dwell. We have to learn to dwell. Let's be on our feet. We're out of here tonight. We got to learn to dwell. 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 Do you know what happens? We take visits to the presence of God. We take visits. But the veil says, because Jesus Christ has died on the cross, we have access. So now we can go to the holy of holies without any veil being there. We can always have a behind the veil experience because the position by where God is, is now inside of us. We are the temple. So God is where we are. So now the presence of God can be within us, around us, working through us. But we need to learn to dwell in the presence of God, Pastor. Without taking breaks, without taking seasonal shifts in emotions. I don't feel like it, so I don't want to pray today. I don't, I'm not feeling it, so I don't want to worship today. I'm a little tired. I had a long day at work, and so I'm not going to read my word. I'm not going to worship. I'm not going to come to church. I was really tired today, so I don't want to come into the presence of God. We have to learn to dwell, to tarry. Come to a position where we're tarrying in the presence of God. Where we're constantly looking at God to say, God, you be God, and I'll be who you've created me to be. I want to dwell in your presence. I constantly want to be with you. Wherever you go, I want to follow. Because I don't want to ever take a step without you. I don't want to ever make a move without you. I don't want to ever do anything without you. Is there anybody that says that tonight? I don't want to ever make a step without you. I don't want to ever do anything without you. Whatever you're doing, oh God, if you're not in it, I don't want to do it. If you're not there, I don't want to be there. Jesus. Can we talk to God really quickly for the next two minutes? Can we just simply talk to God and tell him a simple prayer? A simple prayer I want you to pray tonight. And I want to pray for as many people that want to pray, but I want you to pray this prayer very simply. Say, God, teach me how to dwell. Teach me 
how to dwell. Like, I want to stay in your presence. I don't want to visit your presence. I don't want to be in your presence one day and I'm not in the next. I don't want to ever make a move that is completely me without consulting you. Can we pray that prayer? Let's pray that prayer real simple. Come on, open up your mouths really quickly, church. Really quickly, church, let's just begin to ask God, say, God, I want to dwell. I want to dwell. I want to del- be with you. I want to dwell in your presence. I want to be with you, God. I want to be with you. God, we want to be with you, God. Let your presence, oh God. I want to be with you, oh God. I want to dwell with you. I want to be in your presence, oh God. I want to be in your presence, oh God. I want to be in your presence, oh God. I want to be with you, oh God. I don't want to make a position. I don't want to make a decision without you, God. I want to be with you, oh God. Jesus, we need you tonight. We need you tonight. We need you tonight. I want to pray for people's prayer lives tonight. I want to pray for your prayer life. I want to revive your prayer life. You're saying, Pastor, I need revival in my prayer life. I want to revive my prayer life real quick. Come and see me at the altar really quickly. Come, just come and just, just, just walk down here. Whoever's bold, come on, don't look at anybody. Like I said, when you go to heaven and your friend won't be there, just you and Jesus. God, I just need a revival of my prayer life real quick, real quick, real quick, real quick, all over this place. Real quick, real quick, real quick, real quick, real quick, real quick. I want revival of my prayer life. I want revival of my prayer life. Prayer is just communication with God. Prayer is talking to God. There's space all over this place, all over this altar right now. Just, just space. Prayer is just talking to God. Prayer is saying, God, I need you. I want you. God, speak to me in a divine way. Speak to me in a way you haven't spoken to me before. Thank you, Jesus. 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 Thank you, God. Thank you, Lord. Oh, man, the presence of God is here. Thank you, God. Thank you, Jesus. Pastor, sing something for us. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Yeah, 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 
Thank you, Jesus. 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 Come on, lift your hands in this place. I'm about to pray for you right now. I want you to talk to God real quick. Talk to him, talk to him. Say, God, just revive my prayer life. Revive it. You can ask him. Listen, I don't know. You might have some barriers in your life. Some of the barriers that I mentioned may be the barriers that are affecting your life right now. You might have people. You may have your own personal sin. You may have different things in your life that are just preventing you. Your success. Different things that are preventing you from getting close to God. They're preventing you. You know that there are things. You know that there are things in your life that are preventing you, that won't allow you to get to the presence of God, won't allow you to fully dedicate your life right now. But the Bible says that we should lay aside. We should lay aside the things that distract us, the things that get us away from the presence. Right now in your own way, as God is about to revive your prayer life, can you talk to God for two minutes? I want to hear some, I want to hear a church begin to pray. I want to hear the power of the church here tonight. Come on, begin to talk to God. If you're at this altar right now, even if you're out there for a few minutes, let's talk to God right now. Come on, talk to God. 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 Pray your lives are being revived. Come on, pray out. Pray out tonight. 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 Lift it up. Lift it up. Libre tiridish. Libre tiridish. La mantoria de Asia, libre de Asia, la prantororos, libre de Asia, zipelelecha, lambo de Asia, andololo chaleri, lolorotororo. Nothing compares. There's no one Jesus, you're my one. Jesus, shut your hands to heaven, Father, in the name of Jesus. As you place your hand on your heart right now, place your hand on your heart, all over this place, place your hand on your heart. Father, in the name of Jesus, 
I revive every heart for you tonight. Father God, in this presence, in this atmosphere, Father God, we return back to you, God. We've strayed, God, but we're going back to your secret place. We're going back to the place where you are. Father, tonight, let prayer lives begin to be revived. Father God, in this place tonight, when people leave here, some people won't stop praying. There will be such a prayer mantle. I release the prayer mantle in this place right now. A mantle of prayer, a mantle for this generation, a mantle to pray, not just for themselves, but to pray for others. I see intercessors rising from here tonight. I see mighty prayer warriors rising from here tonight. You will begin to pray, and your prayer life will begin to be revived in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of receive it, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. I speak to prayer lives right now. I command prayer lives in the name of Jesus to begin to revive, to begin to revive. I reignite you. I activate it in the name of Jesus. Right now in the name of Jesus. Right now in the name of Jesus. Let hearts begin to stir right now. Let hearts begin to stir. Oh, I feel hearts restoring back to the Father tonight. Let it begin to restore tonight in the name of Jesus.